Let us hear from God's word from James 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. May God bless the reading of his holy word. One of the great privileges of being a ruling elder is teaching within the congregation. And recently, I've personally had the honor of leading one of our Sabbath school classes after our lunchtime and before our afternoon worship begins. So yes, you are looking at the esteemed teacher of Dallas RPC's preschool Sabbath school class. And it is actually a most important and honorable task to instruct the covenant youth in the things of the faith. Recently in our class, our lessons have focused on the covenant of works and the sin of our first parents. And in our study, we've recently focused on Genesis chapter 3 and the serpent's beguiling of Eve. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with this passage, so I won't rehash it in its entirety, but I want you to recall the words of Satan to Eve. Satan first asked Eve, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And Eve rightly responds to Satan, and she says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And now, pay attention to Satan's response. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And so one lesson that I've attempted to impress upon the children during our class is how Satan is the father of lies. In John 8, 44, Jesus, speaking to a group of unbelieving Jews, rebuked them and said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And what I want us to note is Satan's great means of temptation often, if not primarily, comes in the form of him lying to us. Satan wants us to doubt that which God hath really said. He wants us to doubt ourselves. And most importantly, he wants us to doubt the truth of God's word and God's promises. Which brings us to the point of the charge this evening. Jonathan and David, as I thought upon an appropriate charge to you two brothers, it struck me that tonight we are not installing two brand new elders. Perhaps new ruling elders officially to San Antonio, but you are not men who are new to the office. You are not men who are new to the ministry. You men have been around the block, so to speak. You have both been laboring already amongst the congregation in numerous capacities. So as I thought upon this charge, what do I say to men in your position? What charge would I give to you men to undertake new but also familiar roles in the congregation of San Antonio? So my charge to you is this, brothers. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Jonathan and David, I want to give you three particular areas where you will be tempted in by the great enemy of Christ and his church. 
three lies Satan will feed you men as you labor in the ministry as ruling elders. And so the first lie is this, that the eldership is too hard. Give it up. Now, as the great deceiver so often does, he will sneak in an element of truth in his lie, but he ultimately twists things around enough and at best, it becomes a half-truth, and we know there is no such thing as half a half-truth, so it is a lie. And the kernel of truth here, then, is that being in the ministry is, in fact, hard work. Brothers, let us be upfront with one another, all of us men in here who serve. There are sacrifices of time, of self, and of family. You will be physically exhausted at times. You will certainly be spiritually exhausted at times. But the key is to empty yourself of yourself so that you might be filled full with Christ and his spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, the word of God says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So Paul says, I don't want to boast in myself. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. So the reason Paul was given a thorn in the flesh is for the purpose of keeping him humble so that Christ's power would be made perfect in Paul's weakness, which includes spiritual and physical weakness. So, brothers, when you cry out to God and say, Lord, I am so tired from arising early to pray and seek your face. Lord, I am so exhausted from counseling broken sinners. The burdens of your flock weigh so heavy upon me, Lord. God says to you, Elder Leach and Elder Handerman, my grace is sufficient for thee. The eldership is hard, but it is worth it. We encourage our children, our young people, don't be afraid to do hard things. So I encourage you men tonight, brothers, don't be afraid to do hard things. Consider our Lord Jesus Christ who endured the cross, despising the shame. He did this for you and for me and for all of his people. He died for their sins and now he has called you men to this esteemed office to be under shepherds to his flock. So when the old serpent the devil comes to you and he tells you that the eldership is too hard, you should just give up. You should get someone else to do it. You must rebuke him. You must quote the word of God to him from 2 Corinthians 2.15 that you will very gladly spend and be spent for God's people. 
Let Satan know that you refuse to lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but that you will lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Tell Satan that you count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus your Lord, for whom you've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that you may win Christ. The eldership is filled with challenges, difficulties, and stressors. But King Jesus implores you to cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil when he tells you the eldership is too difficult and he will flee from you. The second lie the enemy will speak to you is he will tell you that you are not making any difference. You're wasting your time. Just give up. Perhaps you have heard some of these lies in their various forms already. Lies such as, this congregation isn't growing in numbers. The people aren't growing in Christ. Your preaching and your teaching aren't really that helpful. You're wasting your time. Just give up. Brothers, when the enemy comes to whisper these lies to you, stand firm, resist him, rebuke him, and let him know that you walk by faith and not by sight. Let him know that ye are of God and have overcome him, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Let Satan know that it is Christ who is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me say that again. The gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ's church. Here is the beauty of laboring for Christ and by his spirit. In 1 Corinthians 3, divisions in the Corinthian church have arisen because some of the saints contend they are converts of Apollos, and some contend they are converts of Paul, and this is how the spirit of God Through Paul answers the Corinthian church. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So Paul's response is, Who is Paul and who is Apollos? They're simply the ministers the Lord gave to the Corinthians. They have labored as they were called, but ultimately God is the one who gave the increase. So each of us labors as we have been called and we labor well. But at the end of the day, it is God who gives the increase and it is God who receives the glory. So if Satan wants to contend that you aren't good enough, then you can answer him as Luther often did when he would contend with the devil by acknowledging part of the accusation to be true. For example, when the devil accused Luther of being a wretched sinner, Luther would respond, Ah, well, that is true, but Christ died for sinners. So brothers, when the devil says you are not good enough to be a ruling elder in Christ's church, You respond with, ah, that is true, but by the grace of God, 
I am what I am. Yes, that is true. I am a beggar of God's grace, but he giveth grace to the humble. Yes, I am weak, but his grace is sufficient for me, and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So when he says you're making no difference in Christ's kingdom, why are you even bothering? Respond to him with 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as I know that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. Brothers, I charge you, to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil's lies that your labors are in vain in Christ, as Christ is, in fact, without a doubt, building his church, and the devil will flee from you. Lastly, one final lie that Satan, the great tempter, will hurl at you men, and this one is a little different, So we know Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. We know in the garden he came as the one more subtle than any beast of the field where the Lord God had made. For this final temptation from the enemy, Satan will do the opposite as before. In the first two lies, he attempted to play on your insecurities and your weaknesses. And in this third lie, he will do what he perhaps does best. He will seek to craftily lull you into temptation and into sin. Here's what this will look like. You'll begin experiencing some positives in ministry. New visitors will begin to show up. Even better, a new family joins the congregation. Perhaps in the Lord's timing, a minister is even provided for this local congregation. Or perhaps it is in the form of someone complimenting you on how tremendous your last Sabbath school lesson was and how you are such a gifted teacher. And very quickly, but very slyly, that serpent the devil slithers up to you and he whispers to you, Oh yeah, you got this. Or he'll say something like, You know, maybe you should start teaching more. Brothers, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Just ask the devil himself, why is self-pride so deplorable and heinous? First and foremost, it is a sin against our holy God. It is forbidden in his first commandment. We could stop right there. That would be sufficient reasoning as to why you must die to self daily. But let us also look at the ways confidence in the flesh and self-pride go before destruction and before a fall. The devil wants you to put confidence in the flesh so you will not put your trust in the Lord. The devil wants nothing more than for you to begin to rely on your own abilities and your own talents and your own wisdom. He would love nothing more than for you to begin to spend less and less time in prayer and perhaps even slack off in some of your private devotions. You will be tempted to get a pastor here in San Antonio 
And that will indeed be a great blessing from the hand of God. It will indeed be an answer to prayer. But you will be tempted to say, well, now the pastor is here. I can relax. Let him do some of the work. But you know what happens when you relax spiritually? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It is not time to relax. We must be sober, we must be vigilant, we must resist steadfast in the faith. So if the Lord is pleased to grow this congregation to 150 members, if he is pleased to add many more church officers to this congregation, if he wills to plant more RP congregations throughout the city of San Antonio, I will bless the name of Jehovah for that, and I trust you men will too. But I also trust and I pray that you will not let up. I charge you, Jonathan and David, to keep fervently praying and catechizing and serving. I pray you will continue to shepherd and to counsel and to encourage these saints. You must never cease from instructing the flock God has given you in the precious truths of the faith, and you must be relentless in pointing them to Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior. You will know your work is over when you hear those precious words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And that is when you are done. So brothers, our very real enemy, the devil, will come to you to tempt you with his lies. He will lie to you that the eldership is too hard He will lie to you that you are not making any difference, that you are not good enough, that you're wasting your time. Just give up. He will lie to you on the other end of the spectrum as well to puff you up and to make you think that you are a self-sufficient man. Brothers, God gives a promise to us in James 4.7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. My charge to you is to resist the devil as ruling elders as you humbly submit yourselves to God. May the Lord grant you his grace for this calling on your lives, and may he which hath begun a good work in you perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen.